when I was growing up, um, if my parents asked me to do something I didn't want to do, I would ask a lot of why questions. I would say, well, why should we do this? And I would just kind of, you know, speak to them about that. And in the end, in the end, they would say, because I told you so. Did anybody else have the same mother? Did anybody? Yeah, yeah, a few of us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, because I told you so. Now, that's interesting because it's one of those statements that you don't understand until you're much older. Now I have five kids of my own, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. I, I totally understand it now. But what the problem was is that sometimes they asked for things, for me to do things, and I simply didn't have the wisdom or the maturity to understand what they were saying. So, for instance, when they said, hey, Edwin, I want you to throw out the garbage. When they said to throw out the garbage, uh, I just thought, oh, man, why do I have to do this? My brother or my sister could do this. Why do I have to do this? And so... It would be too much for them to go, now, sweetie, and they would have to say, now, the reason I'm asking you to do this is because I'm trying to instill in you a sense of responsibility and belonging in the household. I want you to take out the garbage so that you recognize that you have value and worth and even responsibility in the life of your home. Now, in my six-year-old mind, I wouldn't be able to receive that, you understand. I would be like... No, why? Right? So, and then it it wouldn't matter. She would just say, because I said so. You know that sometimes in our walk with Christ, in our relationship with God, you know that sometimes God says, because I said so. And we go, but wait, 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 I don't understand, and I don't like that. And here's the problem. We live, especially during this time, we live in a We live in America in the 21st century. Do you know what that means? That the highest value is personal autonomy. Personal authority. Who are you to tell me what to do? Right? And so because we live in that kind of a culture, anybody who ever tells us to do something we don't like, we take the reins. We take the authority. We take the reins. There are certain times where God says, no, 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 sweetie, listen to me. You're not the boss. I'm the boss. I created the heavens and the earth, the very heart that is beating in your body, I told to beat for these rebellious three minutes that you're talking to me. And I'm telling you, it's because I told you, if I explained it to you, you wouldn't understand. So just trust me and do what I ask you to do. Now, we have a case study in this, and it's an extreme case study. It's a case study with a guy that you've all heard of, Joseph. Joseph, husband of Mary. Anybody here ever heard of Joseph before today? Yeah, four or five of you. Okay, great. Let me tell you who Joseph was. Joseph is the Maggie Simpson of the Bible. What I mean is he never says anything, ever, right? Like, you know how, like, Maggie Simpson, she never, the little baby in the Simpsons never speaks? Joseph never speaks. He never says one word in the Bible. Did you know that? Never speaks. And yet, he speaks volumes in his actions that are totally 
um, instructional to us in how to respond to God during an impossible moment. Matthew, as he's writing his story, tells the story of Jesus. And you know how the beginning of Matthew goes, right? If you've been to Sunday school five seconds, you know how the beginning of Matthew goes. It goes, the father of so-and-so, the father of so-and-so, so-and-so, the father of so-and-so, so-and-so, the father of so-and-so, so-and-so, the father. And it does that a bunch of times, dozens of times. But here's the thing. Matthew is writing to a Hebrew audience. When he gets to Joseph and he goes, so-and-so the father of so-and-so, so-and-so the father of so-and-so, so-and-so the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, if you're Jewish and you're reading that, immediately, immediately you go, uh, what are you trying to say? What, what exactly are you trying to say? Because it sounds as if Mary's the mother of Jesus, but Joseph might not be the father. That's saying a great deal. And so, Matthew, as he's writing this uh, document down, he pauses for a second and says, I'm probably going to have to explain that little sentence there. And he writes what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at Joseph's response, Joseph's confrontation with the scriptures. It's going to be powerful. Now, one of the one of the traditions that we have in our congregation is that we stand at the reading of God's word because we are not the final authority. God's word is the final authority. And so we just love God and his word. So we ask that you would stand and we would read God's word. Now, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to read. I'm going to read the text, but the very last verse that we're going to read together is 24. So I want you to read verse 24 with me in a loud voice, but I'll read verses 18 through 23. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her. Quietly, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will, birth, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. This is God's word. Please. Have a seat. In moments in life, you're going to be faced with circumstances that you do not understand, opportunities that you're not sure you totally receive, with decisions that have to be made that are going to be more difficult than you can now comprehend. Every one of us are going to go through this. 
The question is, are we going to allow God's word to lead and guide our decisions, or are we going to make our own decisions on our own? Are we going to be the highest authority, or is God going to be the highest authority in our life? Joseph faced a moment like this. Joseph faced a moment where it was impossible to believe what God was directing him to do. It was not only, impos- not only impossible to believe, it was impossible physically. So you know, the reason that this was hard for Joseph is because people don't normally get pregnant as virgins. Do you, is that right? No, that was too much for you. Let's talk about this. Maybe you didn't understand what I meant, right? Like, I'm not sure how people get pregnant. Okay, listen. There's like one way to get pregnant, right? And, and, and it's not likely. Not when likely. I was it only happened up. one time, all right? That's the exception um, to the rule. If my parents asked and me to so do Joseph something I didn't receives want to this do, impossible instruction, I would ask a lot of why questions. And I would we, say, well, right? why should so we do this? And I would just kind of, you know, the baby glowing in them about that. And marry and in radiant. the end, we don't understand. In the end, this is, they would say an unbelievably difficult thing to ask Joseph because to do. I told See, what had you happened so. is Mary. Did anybody had else heard have the same God mother that she anybody, was yeah, going yeah, to yeah, give birth? Us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, never because immediately she I went to Elizabeth, her cousin's house. So. She now, stayed there for three months. That's interesting back, because never it's saw one of those statements that you don't understand. Until you're Joseph much heard older. That Mary now had a baby I have five boy. kids of my own, Crazy. and I'm like, oh, okay, Man, I get it now. Let's think I, about I this totally for a second, okay? Men, walk with me but for it, a minute, okay? Well, the problem was, so you're engaged to be married. Sometimes they, and all of a sudden, for your wife for me to gets do out of dodge, and I simply didn't have the no wisdom, phone call, no email, no no text, to no understand, no Facebooking, nothing. Just leave. When they oh said, my gosh, hey, Edwin, where did my baby I want go? You to throw out the Leaves garbage. For three months. When they said to throw out the garbage. Comes back. Uh, I just thought, after oh, man, three why months, do I have to do this? Has my a baby bump. My sister could do this. Why do I have she to do She doesn't come and tell and you so about it. It would be too you much for them to go You hear on the rumor mill sweetie, that she's pregnant. would have to say, you know what your first thought is at that point? It's because I'm trying oh, to Oh, it was the immaculate conception. Surely the Holy Spirit must have fell upon A sense of responsibility and belonging. That's exactly what we would think, right? you. To take out the in my Puerto Rican culture, they put you away for stuff like that, right? And it's even like, responsibility no. in the life of your it's home. It's impossible. Now, in my six-year-old she mind, I wouldn't be able to receive that, you understand. I would be like, so what is this decision? No, this why? Decision right? So and then it, it wouldn't matter. She would just say, I'm not put her away, but I'm going to divorce her quietly. Now you go, wait up, they weren't married. So. Right, they weren't married. The you know deal sometimes is, in our is that when in Christ, that culture, when you got engaged, it was as binding God. as a marriage. You, know, you literally needed a divorce because I to get so. out of that because it wasn't like, you and know, we go, but you know, wait, like, wait, wait, I don't understand um, and I don't like that. Uh, and you know, love is the prerequisite we for marriage. Right, it's Especially love. During this time. In that live, culture, commitment a, we live was the prerequisite. In America, in the 21st century. And so they had already had the commitment based on the families hooking them up. So they started with commitment and then they would grow into love. Um, personal authority uh, throughout the years of their Who life are in America, you we start to with love me what and then we do. hope to grow in commitment right right and so because we live not in working out so good for us but i'm just saying i'm not Anybody i'm not saying anything about marriage i'm just saying it's not all right so they started like. with commitment so it, it, it was like we it was like that right so they started we together take, okay so you get the idea we so joseph in that culture would have to divorce her but here's the problem 
There are certain voices times where God says, no, 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 sweetie, listen to me. She's... Right, You're not you the have boss. to give a reason. You can't just say, "Well, I'm the boss," because her mother dresses her front. I created the you know, heavens. You know, you can't say that. Earth. You have to give a reason. The very heart that is beating Why? in your your divorcing body, I told to beat because for she's these pregnant. rebellious three minutes. Then you're talking to me. You open both you and, and Mary you, to be stoned because, because you dishonored both of your families and, the, and it was capital so punishment. Trust me. And do. Then he would have to say, but now we have a case. It wasn't me in this, and it's an extreme case study. So you'd have to throw her. It's a case study with the guy that you've all heard. He would get Joseph, right? And like Joseph, husband of Mary. Anybody here ever heard of Joseph stoned with rocks? Right, four or five years. Okay, great. Let me tell you who Joseph. You'll get that going home. It's like what's nineteen? Joseph is the Maggie Simpson of the Bible. So. What I mean is he never says anything. So Ever. that's the situation. Right? Like, you know how like Maggie Simpson, that she never, the little baby in the Simpsons publicly. never speaks? He decides. Joseph never speaks. He never says publicly. one word in the Bible. Did I'm you know do that? It quietly. Never I'm not going to go to the city gate. And yet, I'm not gonna do it in he front speaks of all the volumes I'm gonna do it in his actions. Quietly. That our Mary will be on her own, and I'll try to put um, the piece of my life back together. And how I love God during an impossible moment. I love God. It's huge. So he decides that that's what he's going to do. He's going to, Joseph, uh, because Joseph, her husband, was a faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, something else impossible happened. Something as likely as a virgin birth happened. An angel punches through, to, through Joseph's uh, hurt and brokenheartedness and, you see, Mary had shamed him. Mary had brought about great grief to his life. Mary had stated in the most powerful way that she could not be trusted. Joseph was devastated. He wanted to live the rest of his life with her. And he wouldn't even get the chance. After he goes to bed, which is about the only time that God could get through that kind of pain, right? Like when you asleep and your defenses aren't up and you're... God speaks to him and shares with him God's word about the situation. Joseph, here's what I want you to do. And here's what he says. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Interesting. That that would be a first statement. Do not be afraid. What do you mean? Sometimes, sometimes in life, it's scarier to trust God than it is to just do your own will. It's scarier to believe God. L- l- listen, if you're not married and you're pushing in your 40s, it's scarier to say, God I'm going to trust you and I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to sell myself short. I'm not going to lower my morals. I'm not going to have sex before marriage. I'm going, oh, but if you don't, that's, that's, that's crazy because, and then he'll leave. Listen, it's scary sometimes when you're living for Christ and Christ says, hey, listen, it's, I want you to wait till you're married. So, because I want you to grow in commitment first, then grow in love. It's scary. When you have the bills that are piling up and you have an opportunity to be dishonest, sometimes it's scarier to say, God, I'm going to obey 
you, I'm not going to cheat on the taxes. I'm not going to make out those receipts. I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, lie to my boss about the hours that I spent to this deal. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say I was more successful. I'm not going to take success, uh, the successes of others as my own success. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to trust you guys. And that is scarier sometimes. To trust God. You go, you know, God says, listen, I want you to make me the boss of your life. You've been the boss of your life for too long. You've been the Lord of your life for too long. And God says, I want you to make me the Lord of your life. And sometimes it's scarier to do what God says than to just do whatever you want to do. Joseph was in that moment and God knew that. And so he sent the angel and the first thing he told the angel to say is, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Because sometimes obeying God is frightening. Do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife. Why on earth? There's a comma there. And you could just imagine, right? Um, Joseph, what was going on in his mind. Now, why on earth would I do that? Go ahead. Take Mary home as your wife. No, 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 no. She's a harlot. She's a loose girl. She can't be trusted. Take her home to be your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. Joseph is in this terrible situation where the angel of the Lord... You have to understand what the angel is doing here. The angel is commanding Joseph. And by the way... You know, if, if for all of you guys who are like, you know, real tough guys and says, oh, I still wouldn't do it. You can't make me. You know, Yeah. You see an angel and all of a sudden, you know, your bad, tough guy stuff, it just melts away. Right. Angels are not fat babies with arrows. OK. <laughs> angels are fierce. There's like an angel in the Old Testament that killed like over 200,000 men in one night. They are bad. They're like they're like more powerful than Jet Li. Right. Like they are. They can go. So you don't, you don't like, you don't go in front of an angel and go, you make me. No, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. You see an angel and you fall on your face. This is an awesome sight. I want you to marry her. And here's what the angel is telling Joseph. You know the names that she's going to be called? I want you to be called them. You know the shame that she has to weigh that is weighted on her, that everybody in the community knows about. I want you to take that shame. You know the, the, the ruined reputation? I want that to be your ruined reputation. I want all of the guilt, all of the shame, all of the, 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 the nasty statements, the, the gossiping uh, talks that people are going to have. I want all of the negative impact of what Mary did to be on you. That's hard to do, isn't it? In my culture, Puerto Rican, in my culture, there is the F-bomb that you can say to guys, right? And it's this word. I actually went to the leaders because I was working on this sermon about three weeks ago. And I went to some of the leaders and I said, can I say this word? You know, when a, a guy's wife cheats on him, you know, it's, and they said, don't say that word. Now, all the people who are laughing are the Puerto Rican people, and I want to say why. 
Because it is a very, very, very bad thing to tell a guy. You never, ever, ever. True story. Um, on the L line. You know the L line? Um, it, how it goes through the avenues and all that other stuff? So the L line on 6th Avenue, and you walk up the stairs if, as if you're going to the 2 or the 3. That has that long corridor where it's like an avenue long. Okay, so there's this little itty-bitty skinny runt of a guy having an argument with a really, really big, strong-looking guy. They're both Spanish. As the little skinny guy is walking up, the big, strong, intimidating-looking guy. Now, the, guy, the little guy is walking up. You know, they're, they're cursing at each other. But this, obviously, this guy doesn't want to fight. It's clear. He's walking up the stairs. There's a whole crowd pushing him to go up the stairs. The guy, the big guy, says, and he says the word, you... And he says this word, and this is what the word means. The word means your wife is cheating on you, and the reason, and, and this, the insinuation is the reason that I know is because she's cheating on you with me. I'm sleeping with your wife. That's what he said. But it's one word. Oh man, those Puerto Ricans are succinct, boy. They're like, bam! What happened to this kid? This little itty bitty guy is fighting through this huge crowd to get at this big, huge guy's throat. And now the big, huge guy is walking back because he knew he just, you know, he pulled an emergency alert here. This is a bad deal. You can't stand. That's, that's the kind of reputation that Joseph would have to endure. Except for, for every, in everyone else's mind, it would be true. In everyone else's mind, yeah. Yeah, she's a, she's a harlot. Yeah, she did go outside the relationship. The angel is telling Joseph that I want you to absorb that. You've done nothing, but I've done nothing wrong. I've been an upstanding guy. I love God. I know that, Joseph. I want you to take her shame. I want you to take her sin. I want you to take her guilt. I want you to take all of the gossip that's going to be placed upon her. All of that darkness. I want you to absorb it on yourself. Joseph has a moment. All this took place, the Bible says, to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Now look up at me. Matthew was the guy who wrote this down. You must understand that Joseph's mind did not go back to this verse. Nobody, nobody's mind went back to that verse. Joseph just had A word from God that he had to obey. And let me just say this parenthetically. Listen, you have more than just a few words from God. You have an entire, an entire library of God's word right here. And Joseph turned out that he was obedient. He was obedient to the one word that he got from God. Joseph, Mary, don't be afraid, Mary, Mary. You know, in every sermon I try to give you one big idea, and here's the one for today. When you see as God sees, you'll do as God says. When you see as God sees, you'll do as God says. The problem with me and you is that we look at life through the wrong lenses. We look at life through our own reputation, our own masculinity, our own ego, 
our own desires, our own pleasures, our own longings, our own hopes, our own dreams. We look at life through those lenses. And God's saying, I don't want you to look at life through those lenses. I want you to look at life through my lens. I want you to see life differently. Because when you see as God sees, you'll do as God says. Some of us, as we walk through life, all we can think of is the here and the now. What will feel good, what will taste good, what will be good, what, will, what we think is good for us. That looks differently at 12 than it does at 42, but it's all the same focus. It's what's happening immediately. What are we going to be doing recently, near, close to what are we doing? Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Why? Because it makes me feel good. Because it will give me an instant gratification. It will give, give me a satisfaction. Well, why are you doing it? Don't you, don't you live beyond one week from now? Don't you live beyond two weeks? No, 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 no. That's too much. I don't want to live beyond one week from now. That would, that would be asking too much. I live for the here and now, for my desires, for my pleasures... And you live your life. So when God says, no, 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 I want you to make a decision that's going to bless you for years to come. I'll give you an example. You go, God goes, I want you to have a daily time with the Word. I want you to have a daily time with the Word. So that you read a little bit of God's Word, you pray, you respond to God, you, he- you hear from God, and then you keep on going. You go, but I don't get it. I don't understand the Bible. It's too hard for me. And you go, oh, no, no, listen, listen, listen. You don't understand. This is not an instant gratification for right now. This is going to pay dividends in the future. For some of you, Christ just simply speaks a little whisper. He goes, no, 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 don't open that freezer at 2 o'clock in the morning. Don't open that freezer at 2 o'clock in the morning. And you go, but you don't understand. This is going to make me feel good. I'm going to like it. It's going to, I'm going to enjoy myself. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. But God is trying to help you. To, God is help, trying to help you avoid the heart attack that's coming 20 years from now from a lifestyle that opened the door at 2.14 a.m. every day for 20 years. See? Some of us, we look at life through these lens. My pleasure my desires, my here and now. We never go beyond that. And as a result, we suffer for it. There are others of us, we have different lenses. These are the sort of lenses where God has no place in your life. You don't desire God. God has no place in your life. In fact, you would sooner pray to Thor than you would to Jesus. There is no longing for Jesus. There is no forget about listening to his word. Forget about obeying his the prompting of his spirit. You want to have nothing to do with God. And you're here today because your wife said if you don't come it's really going to be cold outside, you know. And when you come back into the bedroom, it's not going to be as warm as you like, right? And so some of you are here today because your mom or your dad takes you. But you really, you have no desire for God. You have no desire for His Word. You just, you live life based upon you being the final authority. And what you want, what you think, your career, 
your happiness, your future. God has no input in that. You don't want to hear from God. You want to seek God's face. This is, listen, let me do me. And the fact that you're listening to this, um, the fact that you're listening to this maybe in a podcast or on your car, and, and I have this mask on, you live life like that with just this mask over you, not wanting to hear from God. And you never do. And you never do. Because even if God did speak to you, you wouldn't know that it was Him. And, Those are the lenses that you live your life on. But there's another set of lenses that God wants us to have. It's the life of the Spirit receiving from God's Word. And they help you to see clearer. And they help you to make decisions better. Because here's what I know about every single one of you. Now, this is, listen, pay attention. This is what I know about all of you. None of you know what's going to happen in the next 30 seconds. None of you. But God knows what's going to happen in the next 30 years. So when God directs us, when God leads us through His Word, like He led Joseph through His Word, even though it's scary, even though it brings a bit of trepidation, even though you're not sure where this is going, even though that's all true, you can fulfill God's wishes in your life. You can trust God with your future. You can trust God with your romance. You can trust God with your relationships because you're trusting Him. He is trustworthy. And if He could, listen to me, if He could guide the steps of a guy who's wondering if his fiancée has been faithful, He can guide your steps. He can lead you. But how you look at life really depends on what you see. Because listen to me, when you see as God sees, you'll do as God says. Today, we're going to get to experience a young lady's baptism. Isn't that cool? Now, Now, listen to me. A young lady decided, I want to obey Christ. This is what Jesus not only gives us the example of, but commands us to do. That if you love Jesus... Now, some of you are here and you come from uh, a more uh, traditional or Catholic background. We love you so much. Man, the Pope is like the man of the year this year, right? It's awesome, right? No, I, I, I'm like, you know, right? I'm thinking, that way to go. I love, I love that. That is fantastic. So, we, so there are, and, and not only Catholic, but um, uh, Presbyterian and a couple of you Lutherans, right? What happens is, is you baptize infants. And that is incredibly meaningful. And we don't want to take anything away from that. If you come from a different tradition, we just want to say, yay and amen. That's wonderful. That's very, that's very comforting for the family. That's a beautiful tradition. It's, it's a beautiful uh, ceremony to partake in with your children, to be reminded, oh, wait, I want God to be at the center of this baby's life. But there comes a point where every baby grows up and has to say, I want to, I want to declare to the world my allegiance to Christ. 
I want to tell the world about what God has done on the inside. That God has taken away my guilt, my shame. He's forgiven. He's given me new life. And He's taken up residence in my life. Now you go, well, I don't see that. I know. That's why we have these wonderful opportunities where we get to demonstrate what Just like the waters wash the outside of our body, Jesus has washed the inside. Now listen to me. If you're here and you don't have that intimate relationship with Christ where Jesus is the director of your life, listen to me. What we just said is that there is one who loves you and created you. And he'll take away every shame. He'll take away every guilt. He'll take away every moment that you feel horrible, that you wish would have never happened, that was done to you. Listen to me. Even if you don't believe that, don't you wish that were true? Don't you wish that there was someone who could take away your guilt, your regret, your shame, the noise that's in your head? Here's the good news. Listen to me. He's true. And He'll do it for you. This Christmas, you could receive the greatest gift that you ever received in your whole life. It's a relationship with Christ. Now, you must understand, Rosanna did not receive Christ while she was up here. That's something that happened before. And she's just demonstrating. Baptism doesn't save her. Jesus saves her. The fact that she's young and she hasn't committed as many sins as maybe some of us here didn't save her. Jesus saves her. See, what we learn from the story of Joseph is we learn this. That Joseph, as precious as his act was, was just a picture of someone who grew up in Joseph's house who would grow older and look across time and people groups and say, prostitutes, heroin addicts, sinners, fornicators, thieves, liars, drunkards. And he would not just take on the shame of one person or the guilt of one person, but he would take on the shame and the guilt of the whole world. See, there was one who didn't stop at just... He didn't take on the shame and guilt of others uh, at the cost of his reputation, but at the cost of his life. And he did that for you. He did that for you. Take it personal. And so I would ask you, I would ask you to obey the prompting of the Lord. You go, but I have too many questions. Me too. It's okay. You can come to Christ with questions. I got questions. I've been doing this for a lot of years. I still got questions. And, yeah. You have an opportunity to respond to Christ. Respond to Christ and say, you know what? I'll exchange. I'll give you my sin and I'll take on your righteousness. I'll give you my reputation and I ask that you give me your reputation. I'll give you my shameful acts 
you go, but here's the problem. You go, but I don't deserve it. I don't feel worthy. Finally, you and God agree. Of course you don't deserve it. Of course you're not worthy. If you were, Jesus wouldn't have had to die for you. Of course you're not worthy. Of course you don't deserve it. Jesus died for unworthy, undeserving people. Me and you. Me and you. You say, but I don't, I don't, I don't feel ready. It's not about a feeling. It's about recognizing Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior. Oh, but if I ask Jesus to be the Lord of my life, then, then maybe I'll have to stop. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. Maybe I'll have to stop doing this or that. Listen to me. You come to Christ. You come to Christ. So, in about... 20 seconds. I'm going to ask you to get up out of your seat. And I'm going to ask you, I want to pray for you. And I want you to make a public declaration that Jesus Christ, now I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to get up out of your seat and come to the front. I'm going to do that in 15 seconds. And you go, no, I can't do that. I'll be embarrassed. I'll be going, Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He died on a cross naked in front of the entire town because he loved you so much. You can't be prayed for in front of a building? Ten seconds, I'm going to ask you to do it. You know you've been far from God. Now, if those of you who've already known Christ and you just go, you know what, I think I'm straying, you can just sit in your seat and go, God, make me faithful to Christ. You could stay right there. But if those, for those of you here who have never received Christ, who say, you know what, I need to... In five seconds, I'm going to ask you to come up.